Hey guys, welcome back to Ravenhawk Tech. So, in this next set of three videos, break. you may know heard of what is known as a coffee break. That is basically where instead of you talking about work stuff, you basically are just discussing just shooting the breeze. Well, this is a little different. This is my version of a podcast. But, and we're not going to be necessarily drinking a whole bunch of alcohol and getting really drunk, but um, at least not yet, maybe, I don't know, we'll see. But um, in my case, you just, I was originally thinking about doing like geeks with drinks, drinks with geeks, something where, you know, we could be sitting uh, drinking coffee or energy drinks or uh, beers or whatever and just shooting the breeze, discussing different topics. So my friend joked around and came up with the name Drunk Bites. So in the next set of videos, in the next set of videos, you're gonna see Drunk Bites. Hey guys, welcome back to Ravenhawk Tech. This is William Baca, and this is my friend Frank Lestrange, and I got it right this time. Yes. We're going to go ahead and get started into this video. So Frank here is a uh, how do you, how do we want to say that again? Cybersecurity professional. Yeah, he was in school for cybersecurity being a cybersecurity professional. So, so Frank, here's the thing: people go to Websites such as like Amazon, Facebook, things like that, and this has been for years. I mean, you know, like I said, collectively we've been in uh, computers for well over 10, 10 15, I 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> but so here's the thing: um, you go to the, these websites, and people want them to be more targeted, more selective, right? But nowadays, everybody's complaining that well, their privacy is violated. Mm -hmm. Well. Because humans have to take that data that's received, assess it, and make sure it's accurate to what they want. Like, for example, for voice recognition, your guy on, at Amazon has to listen to it and make sure that, yes, you're asking for a can of Coke and not cocaine. Yeah, but of course they go, well, you know, that's what the machine learning is supposed to be. But see, they don't seem to understand that, Yeah. I mean, we're, robots and stuff are not a robot spy. So AI right? is very dumb. AI is very dumb. People think that, okay, especially with... You've heard, you've heard about Sophia. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a real real robot. No, she's not. It's machine learning. But yeah, she does say some it. scary things. She and does say like, some So it's like, you want... So it'd still be scary to have a very dumb AI in yeah. control of everything, because then it can just make a very dumb move. Well, wasn't... Okay, so uh, Microsoft... Was it Microsoft? Who was it? I think when Microsoft created a robot or a little AI chatbot, that like started spouting uh, out some anti-Semitic. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, you can have one that's programmed with enough garbage data. But going back into the original thing, though, is okay. I go to. We'll just say I go to Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to see women's clothing or things like that. I, that's not what I'm interested. In. That's not why I'm going there. I want to see computer stuff. I want to see my type of books that I want to read. I want to think that. So in order to do that, it's got to collect my shopping history. 
Yes. And I have an account. I've signed the EULA, you know, the user whatever agreement. So user level, what do, what's EULA stand for again? Uh, end user level agreement. End user level agreement. Okay. So I signed the end user level agreement or the EULA. I've already accepted that I want my own stuff customized. And they do give you now options to say, no, I don't, but then you're just going to get whatever the hell it populates. Why is why is people complaining that their privacy is being violated, though? So what is your opinion on that? So I think people are more concerned about when their privacy feels violated, less so when they're doing like search results and things like that, because you're actively searching for things that you want to buy, which is, that's fine. It's stuff that you're putting out there essentially into the company's domain on their search bar, so... That's not really something that we're worried about. What people seem to be more worried about are topics and items that they discuss in com confidence of other people. Oh, you mean like I'm talking to my fiance about popcorn or something, and yes. then suddenly shows me popcorn? Yeah. Like I experimented. <laughs> I experimented with this last week, in fact, where I would, you know, talk about certain things within my, you know, Facebook Messenger discussions. And then I would see Facebook ads relevant to, you know, certain IT topics I was talking about. Like, I mentioned Elasticsearch once, and then suddenly my news feed was populated with Elastic, you know, uh, ads. Uh, just like I've been looking into cryptocurrency and mining, suddenly now, like, here's my Google search. Not my Google search, but my uh, news topics about all these related articles that I may be interested in. Yeah. But, I mean, that being said... Or follow a couple of pen testing groups on Facebook, and then all of a sudden, all of your Facebook ads become, you know, join the NSA. <laughs> well, okay, so the, the thing, though, is, I mean, that's your search history. I'm searching for it. I might be interested in it. Now, obviously, if you're going out and looking for, like, your own porn or whatever, and then suddenly... You start seeing things and you have a shared computer, it may not be a good idea. No, never. <laughs> oh, is it in incognito mode? The internet was for porn. Yes, yes, rule 34 of the internet. No, uh, that, that's. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's move, moving on, moving on. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, so, like, okay, my uncle, let me ask you this one about this particular one. My uncle has a uh, Google Home, right? Mm -hmm. And he asked me recently about the fact that he doesn't like how much data it collects about him. And I'm like, okay, you're asking it questions and stuff. It's personalizing itself to your thing. That's, you know, you bought it for those reasons. Mm -hmm. But then you're complaining that it's collecting data on you. I mean, am I crazy here? No, you're not crazy. It's <laughs> definitely collecting data, and it's definitely talking back and forth with the servers back at Google's side, because the hardware on the Google Voice Assistant or on the Alexa is actually very minimal. Mm -hmm. It's more, it's more like your set-top box or your Roku, even, where it's just it's a very dumb, basic single-board computer that's talking to Google servers and relaying voice data back. It mm -hmm. has some parameters saved. It even has voice prints saved. But, yeah, you know. I mean, I, I've worked with some during when I've been experimenting with trying to make my own uh, uh, speech-to-text yeah. options and stuff, and I know that you, you can program it to sort of do some key things like turn on the lights or whatever, but you want to do some more complex things. Obviously, it's got to have somebody 
proofread and add it to its vocabulary. Vocabulary, and then once it's once all the kinks are worked out, it's fine. But everyone's voice is uniquely different, oh, so yeah. you have to be able to listen to certain tones, phrases, even accents and languages come into effect. Oh, it's yeah. just, I mean, hell, I got, I got a bit of a slur every now and then. So I mean, yeah. like sometimes you can't talk, and sometimes you want that system to work when you can't talk. Like for example, uh, elderly. Need to be able to call 911. Like, let's say they have a stroke, they're in the home alone. They can't form proper sentences because half their face is not working. Yeah. And they need to be able to call 911. And sometimes <laughs> they can't actually move and find the phone. So it would help to have a voice assistant that can, you know, listen to it wirelessly and without any other human interaction to be able to assist that person. So there are some silver linings to this tech, but. People are definitely concerned about the Orwellian aspects of it, which I think they have every right to be concerned about it, which this solution or solutions for these concerns might actually have to come down to more of a government legislative solution, less so than a anything that can be solved with a single technological solution. It has to be a bridge between the two. <laughs> where Yeah, if you, you've read any of the articles, and I know you have, uh, most of the people in our government doesn't even understand technology. And I don't want to go too political, but the fact is, is that well, they're they're actively trying to backdoor encryption. And no matter what, you know, if you're watching this channel, you're probably more technically inclined. I don't need to explain why that's a very bad idea. But there are organizations like the Electronic Frontier Foundation that actively work to educate uh, politicians and uh, constituents about what your data privacy laws are and what why you should be concerned about this and how we can, you know, you know, keep our you know society, our Western society fairly liberal and open and free without having to, you know, basically open the door to any type of dystopian tyranny. Yeah. But I mean like, okay, say for example, a site like Amazon, a site like Google, <clears throat> or any site that's basically collecting your data for your sales preferences, how much information should it know about you? Um so that's just the thing. People buy products for every aspect of their life. Yeah. When it comes down to health, sexuality, uh, you know, if you really want to get stuff well, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Keep but, it safe for YouTube. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, you know, information is, intimate information is being collected to sell you a product. And I think uh, coming to terms with that is, you know, you need to be personally aware that your information doesn't just stay on your computer alone. It's out there on, in the world, and I think that comes just from basic, you know, etiquette. But yeah, so I, again, though, it still goes into that gray area of the most of the complaints that I've been hearing, and, and like I said, it's usually from people that are, of course, not IT savvy, and obviously those are going to be the people that mostly don't understand it, and it's understandable that they wouldn't. But of course, you're going to fear what you don't understand. Yeah, but I mean, like, okay. Oh, it's it's they're storing my information, and what can I do about it? Or you know what? I don't want them storing my information. I don't want them to know what I'm searching or whatever. I'm like, well, first off, if you don't want to have, want people or want the thing to know what you're searching, it starts bringing into question. It's like, what are you searching? <laughs> I, 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 and I'll say this before, and I, and now people, there's been some complaints and stuff that I've had, and I know you've heard me say this before. I'm not important enough for people to really care about what I'm doing. Yeah. Which is why I'm not like, I mean, trust me, I still do my security. I still make sure stuff is as secure as I can make it. 
but at the same time, if something does happen, I mean, who am I? I'm, I have a YouTube channel and I go to work. Yeah. I mean, what am I going to do? It's like my job's not even important enough for somebody to want to try to steal my identity or something, you know? Yeah, if your identity, your identity at some value is still worth, you know, a couple hundred dollars to grand, yeah. the, you know, a nefarious actor, because what they'll do is they'll just take your identity, they won't act upon it, they'll just sell it on the dark net. So they, they washed their hands of it and basically fenced it to another bad actor who might potentially use that data for their own various acts. Mm, okay. So either way, anyone's identity is still worth something because uh, I, I can think of it from like more of a security and you know hacking perspective. When you have data that's, when you have a person's identity that you can attribute to your own servers, like at least your own servers with that person's identity, yeah. it's, it's fraud. And it's basically how a lot of you know, attackers uh, cover their tracks in a way. It's mm -hmm. like they don't have to use your identity to pay for something. So you, being the cybersecurity professional, would actually be prone to someone wanting to use your identity for well, something. But in a way, yeah. that, that goes back on what I was saying. Yeah. A lot of this is going to come down to creating, it's going to be involving modernizing our government to be essentially savvy. Like, we need a government that's savvy on the internet and technology as it stands today and even for future applications because when we look at products like uh, more, you know, when we're talking about implanting HEDs on irises or, you know, having Neuralink chips installed on your skull. Um,